And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a <clears throat> podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and we have a guest in the booth that we haven't had in some time, actually. Yes, yeah, it, a month or so. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been, <laughs> been a well, while. Uh, about, a, about a month. I, yeah. I can give you that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to let him take a second to introduce himself, but we are talking about, um, I don't want to call it the swan song or the victory lap, because you're not quite there on some of the stuff, and we're going to get into the details. Um, but you, you know, running unopposed this year, we're going to talk about that as well. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we're going to get into the dirties. I'm Gerard Ladry, the mayor of the city of Denver Springs. And as mentioned, uh, you know, you were running for a third term, and that's going to mean something to you, because uh, in, in my opinion, I'm kind of asking this question. The first time you, you ran, you ran against John Wascom, who is currently the parish councilman for District 4, which is the city of Dem Springs, a few little surrounding areas outside of That's the right. incorporated area. That was a very close race. You won by 51 votes. Yeah, it was uh, 52 to 48%, if I recall. Something like that, yeah. yeah it was yeah. very close. And, you know, uh, very interesting because about you took office about a month and a half later. Eight months later, it flooded. Uh, you know, one of the most yeah. historic flooding <laughs> events ever, and you've navigated that. Uh, but, you know, so four years after that, uh, again in 20, I guess that would have been 2019? Sounds right. Uh, 2018. Excuse me. 2018. Okay. So 2014. Oh, so you had a year under your belt before the flood. That's right. Doing good, doing big math here this morning, folks. So uh, in 2018, you run again, pull a contender who's not, you know, kind of whatever. Uh, you won that one by a landslide, and then here you are for your third term running on a post. How does that make you feel as you've kind of, you know, closed the gap a little bit? Well, it uh, it obviously feels good that we don't have to worry about campaigning. I'm humbled that nobody else wanted to run against me, and uh, it, I think it shows a certain amount of trust maybe that we're, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. And so I'm, I'm definitely honored by that. Sure. So getting into this last four years, you know, one of the things uh, you've told me and you, you know, a lot of this podcast is going to be based along uh, an interview that David Gray sat down and did with you over your last uh, four years because yours is one of the campaigns he doesn't have to cover. Uh, there is none. Uh, yes. So you're moving on business as usual. Um, there's just a lot of things still up in the air. And that's what I mentioned earlier. You know, this isn't a victory lap or a swan song. There's still some things you got to pull across the finish line. Uh, you know, and some of the things you've mentioned to him are FEMA projects that are still not quite complete. And, uh, you know, some of the post-flood stuff that still hasn't quite met the finish line yet. So let's talk about, first and foremost, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a list of everything. Uh, but there has been a lot, not including Dim Springs Elementary, just, just flood mitigation things that y'all have done uh, and worked through FEMA to do. Uh, I know that one of the main things you mentioned that's not quite done yet, but y'all are working on, is the elevation of the sewer lift stations. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so FEMA projects are always a challenge. It's always a lot of paperwork and time, and the projects get kicked back to you. They get put on hold. I called about one just yesterday. It's been on. It's been uh, for reconsideration. It's been sitting on somebody's desk desk for seventy four days. So when I called yesterday about it, what the lady told me is, well, I'm going to send a tickler to that person so that they can, they can move off the center and get something done. Well, that's the kind of, that's the kind of issues that we have to put up with, with, uh, with the money. That's, that's okay. That's the process, and we're going to do the best that we can. But the lift stations, you know, part of the mitigation process is to, uh, for, the, for the FEMA to pay you to mitigate issues that you have in your city so that in the next event, uh, is, let's just say if it's a flood again, 
then we won't have to go back and make those same repairs again. And so the mitigation of these lift stations, we have, I think, 87, if I remember correctly, across, across our uh, sewer district. And uh, to elevate, not, not the pumps, it's the control panels. Right. And those things are above ground. The pumps are in the ground, obviously, and, they're, and they're, they're meant to be wet. So we have to elevate these things. And you can't just pick them up and put them up in the air six, eight feet. You still got to put a little platform around it. They have to be OSHA compliant. They have to be built out of built out of aluminum or steel or whatever the case may be, so that the so our service people can get up there and work on them. So it really turns out to be a really really big project, and we're millions of dollars that FEMA has paid for this. Sure, and and you know I'll, I'll I remember right after the flood, uh, the Denham Council kind of, first and foremost, you had to repair those panels. Sure. I remember a lot of those panels were damaged. In the Duct flood. tape and bailing wire. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. BJ and his, uh, BJ Clark, who is a sewer uh, department uh, head, uh, and his guys went out there and just, and they made it work so that we could still, uh, you know, we could still still provide sewer service to the city. Sure. And we were very fortunate that they were able to do so. But now we had to go to the next step. Sure. Another thing uh, that's still ongoing that uh, you and I have discussed several times in this room, uh, and we actually discussed it just this morning, is the Hazard Mitigation Grant Program. Uh, you know, first set of grants actually uh, were submitted for application uh, to FEMA, uh, I believe, in 2019. Uh, maybe 2018. 18. Yeah. 18 was the first round. Yes. Um, but you, uh, and we'll talk about this later, um, I, we're going to try to chase down the gentleman who's running it now at Quality. Uh, but some, it's something that's still ongoing. People can still apply. Sure. We had uh, a meeting just two weeks ago, and we had 20-odd homeowners show up that were interested in either elevating or acquisition, and that's what this program is all about. Uh, and it's, uh, it's one that people have to take the opportunity, especially for the ones that are severe repetitive losses, because that brings it up to 100% that they could have funding to, to walk away from their homes or have them elevated and not have to worry about flooding any longer. And uh, so I was still surprised. Here we are six years later after the flood, and we had that many people still show up. Mm -hmm. So like you and I spoke, I think there's an opportunity for our young guys to come in and give a presentation to you that the citizens can see and still try to get in on this latest round. Sure. So what are some of the other uh, uh, lingering flood issues that are, you know, uh, there was a lot of things that have been done since then, including a joint venture agreement with Gravity Drainage One, uh, of course, part of the Grace Creek drainage area it just made sense but what are some of the other specific projects well we have another one long branch slash now long branch slash kind of parallels uh, centerville all the way through the heart of town uh, crosses under range uh, right there at centerville and goes all the way down to first baptist church uh, lsu uh, landscape uh, architecture students discovered or at least highlighted to us that there was a choke point and so we got we're applying for some grant monies i think that grant's going to be around three million dollars to try and get that issue resolved for us uh, so in that we've we finally have gotten that that I hate to use the word this is just a big ditch is really what it is right and we finally got it cleaned after decades uh, just a couple of months ago so with the help of gravity drainage we're able to get that done and so that's a big relief for the residents in that area as well but we have so many of them across the city that we have to continue to work on so part of our problem most recently is the weather it's hard as heck to get any of this work done when it's raining because it's muddy and you can't get the equipment in or out. And then like so many folks since COVID, just trying to find help uh, is really difficult sometimes. And uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say that's where he is today, but under gravity drainage at one time, it normally has five four-man crews for, you know, for 20, 20 men. And the, uh, the last time Wesley and I met, it only had eight. 
So it's it's trying to get staffed back up again. I think they're going to address some pay issues like everybody else has had to do and see if they can get back to a full a full uh, uh, complement of employees. And I've offered our street guys, our street department guys, to try and work in conjunction even more closely than we have in the past so that we can try to make something happen. Sure, because, you know, we've always had those conversations coming into the spring and summer storm season about, you know, keeping your ditches clean and that sort of thing. Well, but, you know, we also had, so that, you know, so Leighton Ricks just announced last week with the cooperative uh, agreement with uh, East Baton Rouge Parish. And now we finally have some funds available to clean the, to desnag the Amy River all the way up to the parish line. Now that's, that's big. And get the, uh, the weir repaired. And that should help us tremendously, more than the Comey Diversion and all these other projects that are north of us. So we look forward to that as well. I know East Baton Rouge Parish is, is looking forward to that. And we should get some relief, I would hope, because that's where all of our water ends up in the Amy River. And, uh, you know, people can talk about Grace Creek. Well, Grace Creek is on the, uh, what the, on the eastern side of the city, but eventually it goes down south and it crosses right back over 4-H Club Road and back into the Amy River. So it's really important for us to have the Amy River cleaned. Sure. Not dredged, desnagged, get the obstacles out of the way. Yeah. Uh, because, it, remember, it, it drains into a lake that's only six or eight feet deep, right? Right. Okay. So And, and you know, the, that, that's where the weir comes in, the mouth of the Amy River right. constantly getting silted. It's a it, very interesting scenario south of here. And, you know, gravity drainage only goes up to a point. That's correct. And, you know, a lot of people don't know the Amy River is a scenic floodway. And so that re requires a lot of effort to be able to do any kind of work on the floodplain. And, and it looks like we've made some progress there from the parish level. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So getting into uh, some of the things that you, you'd like to do, obviously, there's still a lot of, uh, maybe not a lot, not as many as there were 2016 to say 2019, but still some flood projects to bring across uh, the finish line. But there's also some other things that are going on, uh, namely, first and foremost, we actually did a podcast on it. We did an interview about it. Bass Pro Bonds got paid off. So the city is going to see, don't want to describe it as a windfall, but an increase in revenues. Not only that, but sales taxes climbing. Well, every entity in the parish has seen an increase in revenue because of the Bass Pro Bonds being paid off because everybody gave up a piece of that one and a half cent sales tax. And now we're starting to reap those benefits. And the whole, the whole purpose of the increased benefits is to be able to do things that we normally could not do. Uh, one, of the, one of the features or one of, one of the projects that I'm really passionate about is our, uh, our roads uh, and our roads uh, specifically by the interstate. So we've uh, met and we meet probably every month or every other month at the very least with DOTD, Buddy Mincy, Rogers Pope, uh, the engineers to try and figure out what it is that we can do. And what we are doing with the extra funds is putting aside that money so that we can pay our 20% match. If we pay our 20% match, we can get federal highways and we can get DOTD a lot more interested in doing our projects, all right? And I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody else. I'm not, I'm not saying that we will. But if we put up some seed money, like the 20%, then they're interested, right? And look, we need to get something done at 4-H Club Road. We've got to have something done at Range Avenue. And all those connector roads that feed up to the interstate uh, have to be addressed, uh, the rushing road, the, the extension of Cook Road. Uh, my proposal is we're going to call it like Demco Drive and have that go all the way to range. And then there's, all, there's a, a Home Depot Drive needs to be uh, improved. So there's all kinds of things that we have to do so that we can have access to the interstate. What we fail to remember is that that was a four-lane interstate that had a four-lane interchange. Now it's a six-lane interstate with a four-lane interchange. Right. 
And according to Federal Highways, and I think they have finally agreed to push the pause button, there's four, there's two more lanes up there. So it could be eight lanes, and they're called high occupancy lanes. Right. Well, I said, wait, guys, you gotta, we got to push the pause button here, because if three lanes on both sides can't get off, I doubt seriously if four lanes can right now either. So they've agreed to hold, hold that back. So we, there's a lots of, of, of improvements and plans that we already have. There's about $33 million worth of projects just in the Dinner Springs area around range and the interstate. Funding is always an issue. Timing is always an issue. But we're going to get there. Sure. Just, no, everybody just needs to be. We are definitely working on it and have been since 2015, since I took office. Sure. Let's talk about, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that came out of the flood. Denim Strong was one of them. A lot of little pet projects built into there and that kind of thing. Let's talk about some of the cultural improvements you're kind of hoping to make, I guess you can say. So let's, let's say we've gotten past now the most critical part of the recovery, right? You know, with, with infrastructure needs like, uh, you know, gas, water, and sewer, make sure everything's back to where it needs to be. We have another water well coming online uh, that to replace the one that's uh, right there by City Hall that's been, that's been in service for decades. And so there's some grant money we're going to get for that. But there's also some feel-good things that we're going to try and get done, which is the Denim Strong Initiative, which is we talked about Spring Park. You know, Spring Park being the park that the city is named after needs some help and needs some work. And uh, so there's a plan there to enhance the park, maybe put another water feature, uh, try to identify exactly where those uh, old hotels are, which we've already done, and, and mine, or, or mark them some kind of way or commemorate where they are and what, what they meant to the city. Uh, we also have, you know, First Baptist Church has relocated their facility over uh, off of Pete's Highway. And, and that building and the 107 lots across the street are part of the potential Louisiana watershed and the Spring Park buyout. We're not going to force anybody to move, but there are some folks back here that need help. There's some blighted properties back there that need to go away. And those, those are the first ones on the list. There's phase one, two, and three. Uh, phase one is just about complete as far as applications. And now we're getting approvals and we're also getting appraisals. And I think the first set of about four or five rent houses, I think has already been, uh, the property owners have been approached and they haven't done the closings yet, but they have, uh, in principle, have agreed to the terms. So as we work across that, and so that's going to be from Spring Park to railroad, uh, the railroad itself. That'll open up that whole area back there for a couple of things. One, we could have an enhancement to Spring Park. We can make it a nice facility that people could go to and actually use as a park. Maybe we could have an amphitheater. Maybe we could have a skateboard park. Maybe we could have something even more critical like a water detention feature of some sort mm -hmm. so that we can maybe take care of the flooding that's at the very end of Centerville, which you know is is one of the highest areas in town for uh, property loss. And maybe we could utilize that area and get some federal funding to make it a better detention feature of some sort. Sure. And, and make that a positive mood going forward. Uh, there's the old cemetery behind First Baptist Church that most people don't know that, but it was donated to the city back in 1955. And so we maintain that. And uh, so there's some things that we'd like to see enhance the property, uh, the look some new vegetation, some new fencing, what have you. So these are the kinds of uh, feel-good things and make the city f uh, look more attractive. And uh, there's all kinds of projects around the city that we could do. Sure. Uh, had a question. I don't know if you and David covered this. Um, had a question come from, well, actually, that John Cavalier. Um, you know, he recently bought Ms. Crowder's building. That's correct. Working on it. Uh, what it, 
Well, actually, no, it wasn't John. Excuse me. It was a former employee here uh, asking about the bike and pedestrian plan. All right. So kind of funny you bring that up because the bike and pe- the bike ped plan that we actually were secured a grant for uh, immediately following the flood. I think it was a $50,000 grant for us and a $50,000 grant for the city of Baker through Capital Region Planning, uh, of which I, uh, I sit on the board, and as does uh, Mayor Waits from Baker. We were able to secure a grant. We were able to get our bike ped plan for both uh, both municipalities. And what we were told at the time was, if you have a plan, then you can get funding for it, then you can get your bike ped plan built. But if you don't get your monies up, if you can't get your funding for the entire program, what you can do is, once it's in place, and once DOTD starts to redo some of your streets, if there's a bike ped plan for a sidewalk and, and a bicycle path, they'll include it. Well, guess what? Just last week, we met because we submitted Centerville from Range to River Road uh, for an overlay. It has never, or has been quite some time since it was done. But there's a pedestrian path in there and a bicycle path in that new plan. Oh, cool. So it's, it just, it takes years sometimes for this thing to come together, right? Sure. And, uh, and so we finally are there. And they also allowed me to take the federal dollars that I had, I'd asked for sidewalks down Hatchell from Cockerham to, Cocker, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, from Cockerham to Centerville. And I asked for a sidewalk from um, Centerville at Hatchell all the way up to Range. And my thought was, if we were able to do that, then all of the, all of the schools in the city of Denver Springs would all be connected by sidewalks. Oh, wow, okay. Okay, and that's, that's uh, kind of an old-fashioned idea to think kids might walk to school or a bicycle. But, yeah, people still want to do that. So with this new plan that we're trying to get uh, finalized from Range down to, Center, uh, down to River Road, They've allowed me now to take the federal dollars and, and go ahead and do the sidewalk from range back to Hatchell. So that's a piece of it that we've been waiting on for quite some time. And look, this that's what makes this job so darn frustrating sometimes. You have to wait so long and then all of a sudden if you don't if you don't stay on top of it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna pass right by you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that opportunity is gone, right? Sure, and so, that's that's part of the reason why you wanted to run for one more term. It's it's not that I'm and I've said this before. I know I can be replaced. I know there's somebody else that's going to step up and do what they have to do. But in my little OP brain, I've got stuff. <laughs> I got eight years worth of projects in here that we're trying to get done and trying to get uh, trying to get done. And sometimes these the, the the funding comes from this range of sources. But if everybody's on board and everybody's working towards the same goal, and when somebody asks or somebody suggests that you might get funding for something like this, you can say, well, "What if I wanted to do this?" Oh yeah, yeah, you can do that. Okay, well, let's go. <laughs> let's run with it. Then. Let's run with it. That's right. Uh, what are some of the some of the improvements you're hoping to see? Uh, you know, you'd already you'd already discussed the architectural and engineering students from LSU had found something with Long Slash Branch. They also kind of gave the city. I don't want to say kind of. They did. They gave the city a bunch of ideas of this is what you can do with your downtown area. Mm-hmm. Anything from that that's kind of on a wish list for you? You know, one of the one of the comments they made was that. In order to to control traffic downtown in the antique district, uh, they proposed some bump outs and a roundabout at Centerville and Range. Uh, but these are all projects that require uh, state dollars because it's a state highway still. And the retailers aren't necessarily excited about having bump outs and having go down to one lane. What's, how bad is the traffic going to be backed up? But a wish list item for me would be to maybe we could bump Range over one street. Uh, where we already have a railroad crossing uh, right there behind, uh, or right in front of uh, AT&T. And then that way you already have a railroad crossing. Maybe we could just bypass the downtown area and make it two blocks wide. 
and just think of the commerce that we could have, the events that we could have downtown. But that's that's really kind of in the future. Sure. But that's something that we we obviously can talk about. And, uh, you know, just uh, again, just talking about it, Jamie Setz from Capital Region Planner one day shows up with a map. You can do it this way. Just over a, ca a casual conversation that we had. Sure. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, that's in the back of the brain somewhere and on a piece of paper on my desk and we can, we'll, we'll get there one day. Sure. And that would be, you're talking about the street that would run. Um, parallel, see, parallel to range. Right. Uh, I forget the name of Benton. the street. Benton. It's Benton. Okay. And runs behind some of those shops by that's, Old City Hall. That's correct. Um, I mean, who knows, right? And you said AT&T. Uh, I've been here so long, I was thinking Bell South. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, the AT&T, the Bell South? Bell, right. That's it, the Bell yeah, South. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Bell South. That's right. But uh, that's that's a possibility. You know, and, sure. And, and if you don't have a little bit of a vision, a little bit of a dream, uh, then obviously nothing will ever happen. Right. If you don't plant the seed, nothing will ever happen. Right. And and let's see if, you know, see how it, how it can go. You know, immediately, uh, pretty soon, I think within the next couple of weeks, we should have our, uh, you know, the, the suicide lanes on Ranger Avenue disappearing and be left turn lane only. Sure. And uh, so we look forward to that as well to try and make range a lot safer and hopefully have traffic flow a little bit quicker. And speaking of that, uh, you know, you did have, uh, I don't want to call it a pet project, but it was something that you really wanted to happen on Bass Pro Boulevard. Uh, a J-turn, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's actually a U-turn. I'm sorry. It's going to be a, uh, a roundabout uh, oh, okay. at Bass Pro and Urban Air. Okay. And then what that would allow us to do is to direct the traffic on so when you're going down range right now you have to turn right on the bass pro mm -hmm. and as soon as you turn right what are you looking at typically you're looking at an 18 wheeler trying to come out of the truck stop right and stop and right. stop because you can't get all the way across so our hope would be that the truck we could divert the truck traffic to go down towards bass pro and this u-turn i mean this uh, uh this circle would have to be pretty good size roundabout and so that the 18 wheelers could go make the roundabout come back up and then turn left onto range when they get back that way Make it safer for everybody. Uh, that's uh, that's, that's going to be a eighty twenty project. I've got this. I've taken and placed Bass Pro on the Capital Region Planning uh, uh, routes, the proper wording for routes, so that we can get federal funding for it. That's all been approved and accepted. It's an eighty twenty project, so we're going to put twenty percent plus another ten or fifteen or twenty percent for engineering fees and get DOTD to pay for it or get the feds to pay for it. So we've got that preliminarily approved. Timing is everything. Sure. And the ideal situation would be to have a roundabout at range and Bass Pro again there. So try, look, we have to get the traffic away from the interstate. And right. some of these plans that I keep talking about, they look pretty outrageous right now. But you know what? If you have time to sit down, look at them and study them, it does make sense. Sure. And speaking of that corridor and getting traffic off the interstate, are there any proposals for fixing any of that? Or is this so are contemplative? You, <laughs> okay, if you're talking about 4-H Club Road, no, there's sure. not. And Pizza Highway, no, there's not. Range Avenue seems to be the only focus of, of DOTD. So the, it's pretty extensive, the plans that they have. The the, the time frame uh, on one of, the, one of the roads is 2031. I know, but wow. it, it, I know, has, I hate to break your, bust anybody's bubble, but that's that's how long these projects take, right? Right. So, uh Look, the Cook Road extension would be Demco Drive, bring it out the range. That gives you a way to have a connected road that will go from, from rushing across to the new Demco Road uh, and, and then home improvements, uh, I'm sorry, no, improvements to Home Depot Drive. Uh, I mean, it's just a whole, you have to look at the whole picture and try to understand what it is they're trying to do. And they're trying to get away from the, the congestion at the interstate 
and move everybody further through. It's very, very complicated. Yeah. Very complicated. But I will assure you that the city of Denver Springs has made a commitment. And uh, Michelle will tell you on our stated budget, we've got, you know, years worth of the 20% match worked into our budget, hence some of the extra Bass Pro money, so that we can invest in traffic for the future. Sure. Nobody's going to come fix it for us. Mm. We have to do it ourselves. Right. So let's put the plan in place and let's go for it. So uh, as we kind of come to a close here, anything you'd like to add, at, you know, as you enter your uh, the next four years? You know, I, I am, uh, I really got into this job, uh, and I thought maybe four years would be enough, right? And then, of course, the flood happened, and then I realized, okay, well, we'll have to do this again and uh, try to get us further down the road, and, uh, and here we are now. And, uh, and you know what, I, I feel good. I, lo I absolutely love the job that I have. Uh, I have to work with so many good folks at the city. You know, I, I have to give all, all the credit to everybody that works for the city. These guys are fantastic. And uh, I'm just a lucky guy that gets to coach them and, uh, and guide them along and motivate them. And we, as a group, uh, I, I feel absolutely great and fantastic about them. I appreciate them every day. And, and they, do, they do a wonderful job. So the next four years is, is, is going to be more of, let's see if we can beautify the city, make things even better. It's not so much flood recovery as it, as it was once. Uh, but we're going to be okay and we're going to be fine. And I'm just, uh, I'm pleased that, uh, that we're all here. I'm pleased that I get to do it for four more. And that'll put me at almost 75 getting out of office, but that's okay. Well, I, you know, you made a choice, and here you are. I did I did make a choice. So if you'll take a second to uh, reintroduce yourself, please. I'm Gerard Landry, the mayor of Denham Springs. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys for joining us for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We appreciate you joining us again, and we will see you next time.